All right, let's continue our meditations of the Sermon on the Mount. This time I'm going to do uh, several verses. Matthew 5, 33 through 37. Um, because they're a little bit difficult to meditate on on their own, I think. Matthew 5, 33. Again you have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not swear falsely, but shall perform your oaths to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by the earth, for it is his footstool, nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Nor shall you swear by your head, because you cannot make your own, you cannot make one hair white or black. But let your yes be yes, and your no, no. For whatever is more than these is from the evil one. Little disclosure, I had recorded, <laughs> I had recorded <coughs> meditations on this previously, uh, while waiting in my car in a parking lot, and then totally forgot to upload them. And since then I have done one of my, uh, ritual cleansings of my phone. I do it like pretty frequently where I just delete pretty much everything off of my phone. And uh, so, let's go on. If I remember correctly, the, the main thing I focused on was the end of that. Let your yes be yes and your no, no, for anything more than that is from the evil one. And I think it really speaks to how we are we are supposed to be as image bearers made in his likeness, we're supposed to be representatives of him. And um we're supposed to reflect his character and so when we say something, we should mean it, right? Without having to say, I really mean this when I say this, or uh, I swear, or I promise, or any of those things, right? If someone asks me, <coughs> will you do such and such? And I say, yes. That should be just as effective and reliable as me saying, yes, I swear it, or yes, I promise. Right? And even the, the idea, if, if I was to say yes, and then someone was to reply to me, well, do you promise? That reveals something to me about, most likely about myself. Right? It means... This person doesn't trust me enough when I say yes, so I must have not followed through on my word in the past. Um, so in other words, I, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't have to say I promise or anything like that. And it also reminds me of another scripture, and I can't <coughs> remember off the top of my head what it is, where it is, but... It's something like, you shouldn't make oaths, but you should say, um, Lord willing, 
right? Lord willing, I will do such and such. And I think what this does is it causes you to to pause and weigh with more seriousness the words that you say. And I think it is a sign of the times, it's a characteristic of today's times, especially, that words don't have as much weight as they should. Much of the... Much of the... utility or purpose or meaning of language itself has been watered down and seemingly lost. Not that language doesn't matter anymore, it's just the opposite, in fact. Language is of utmost importance, and so it's all the more abominable that we have treated it carelessly and neglected it and watered it down. And obviously something like this was already the case back when Jesus was speaking, because why else would he have to say, let your yes be yes and your no be no, don't make any oaths or promises, right? Say, if the Lord wills it. So, there's also when you swear and when you make oaths, this is somewhat related to this scripture, but more related to the other scripture that I don't remember exactly where it is, where, where it says, you should say, if the Lord willing. If you swear or make an oath, you are, in a sense, potentially boxing out God from your plans. Right? If someone asks you if you can do something and you commit to it on oath, then if God calls you to do otherwise, you're now in a, in a quandary, right? Because you should do as God calls you, which is then going to require you to break the oath which in turn blemishes God's calling. It doesn't blemish God, of course, right? But <clears throat> you have now married to that, that, that calling from God. You've married... Um, divorced to it, right? Because you've divorced yourself from a promise, from, a, from an oath that you swore. You have embodied something counter to the character of God. Not by being obedient to God, but by having made an oath that now causes the breaking of that oath 
It's to be associated with God's will. I think that's why, right, the earlier part of this, part of the, the Sermon on the Mount, which says, uh, Do not swear at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by the earth, for it is his footstool, nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king, because you, by making oaths to the, uh, on those things, you are creating a scenario in which if it turns out that you must break that oath, you are marrying brokenness to that which is holy. At least you're marrying brokenness to your relationship to that which is holy. Let your yes be yes and your no, no. Whatever is more than that is from the evil one. <coughs> right, because if, you, if, you, if your yes is yes and your no is no, you are not tying, you're not making an oath on anything else. Right? It's just you and your word, right? So if you say yes, and then God calls you to do otherwise, the only thing that gets smeared, maybe, is your own, your own word, right? Which again is why, and I'll have to look this up, why elsewhere there's even a caution, perhaps, against saying yes or no, but instead just saying, God willing. <clears throat>